Hey everybody and welcome to another Torn Up interview and as always you know I'm so appreciative of the valuable time taken out by the artist to speak with us here on the show. Now those of you that know my taste in music I love many genres but the blues is very close to my heart and the person I'm going to interview now well, he's really a living legend, you know, he's played with the very best, he's a legend himself, you know, he grew up, um, uh, as they say, working in the cotton fields and then picking up that guitar and playing blues that just, they're sublime. His new album, Hard Times at the Minute, is getting all sorts of rave reviews and getting nominated all over the place, so it's my great Honour to introduce to you to the torn up interview, the one and only John Primer. John, you're very welcome to the show. All right, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so how's everybody? I hope everybody's doing fine. Yeah, good and everything. Yeah. Yeah, John. You know, you know, as a young man, a young boy, you know, was it always in your mind to pick up that guitar and play the blues, or how did that all start for you, John? John, John, I'm losing, I'm losing the signal a wee bit. You couldn't move some of that because I'm just picking up part of what you're saying. Oh, okay. Uh, are you getting me now? Yes, I am. That's better. Um, so, so basically from the age of three, you picked up the diddly bow and you were practicing on it. And, and so, so really <laughs> almost from you could crawl, you were you are playing music and I mean you said it but your parents gone out to the field so you know that that's the real story of the blues really your parents then were they picking cotton and stuff like that at that stage in your life yeah they was picking go to the field pick cotton uh, either uh, before, they, before the cotton come up they would go out and plot that mule and uh, plant that cotton and plot they plot the field first with the mule all of them a whole bunch of them on that plantation on that uh, sharecropper plantation so everybody, everybody, everybody would go to the field and fly that field and all of them do it all together. And then after they plant the cotton and it grow up and then we are each, each division of family would go and chop that cotton and you cut, you cut, chop the cotton, thin it out and uh, pull the grass. I mean, with a, with a, a, a thing they call a hole. Uh, well, you know, a hole, a hole, not a, you know, not, 
Yeah, and, and obviously your father or your father or your parents, they obviously played the music when they had that diddly bow there. So it wasn't just you that played the music. Your parents obviously played it too. So so it was in the family to play music. Yeah, my grandma and my aunties and, and my mom, they would always have a record player and they would always go to town to get them a, a record. And they had all kind of blues, all everything that came out, they always had a uh, 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 45, that's what it was. 78, I, well, I began with the 78, but they all had it. They had the blues there, and they played it every day. They had to come out the field, especially on the weekend, that's Saturday. That's all they would do, drink a little bit, the corn, whiskey, whatever they were drinking, I don't know. And, and they would always play it, you know, so that's how I became a blues guy, you know. But I played... I learned blues, but I play. I learned how to play blues. I learned how to play all type of music. I can play any type of music, from all the way back from I, I like from all back in the forties, late forties, and all the way up to now. Uh, I can play any type of music. Like I tell people all the time, we're a strict blues man, but everything I play, I play music, and everything I play is, is blues from my heart. Blues is in my in the music. I don't care what kind of music it is. Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Stop until I get it. 
lady Yeah, I've been trying so hard I got to keep on working till I get it God knows it's been hard on me But I won't let it Until I get it I got to keep on going Never will I forget it I got to keep on going I won't ever sweat it I got to keep on going Until I get it I got to keep on going Never will I forget it I got to keep on going I won't never sweat it And, and John, you know, <clears throat> you know, being, you know, you were you were born then obviously on a plantation and I mean for us over here in Europe or Ireland we have very little understand or knowledge of it you know were you free then to leave as a young man to play music there was no there was no way that you had to stay there obviously not you were allowed to go and and lead your own life yeah well most have uh uh all the guys people that left down there they didn't really just they just left sneak away they had somebody in chicago or somewhere and they would just leave you know they would. They wouldn't tell. They wouldn't tell the, the boss man. We called him. He, which he was a good guy. But yeah, they would just leave. And uh, my mom, she she got migrated to uh, Chicago when I was about six years old. But I was raised by my my grandparents, my aunties and uncles, and most everybody in the town. My mom, but my dad. I lost my dad as I was three years old, going on four, nineteen forty-eight. So I lost my dad. So. Uh, so I raised by my uncle and all the all my family, stayed my grandmother. My mom came to Chicago, so that's who raised me. My grandmother and all the my grandmother and aunties and a lot of people in that town called Camden, Mississippi. A lot of uh, black people and uh, and then white people. Was, they knew who I was, and my dad was such a young man, nineteen years old, and he he fixed everybody's car. He was a good mechanic at that age. So everybody knew me when he passed, and I would go down there, and uh, he would always, everybody see me and say, hey, aren't you John? My dad's name John. You John, boy. And they they go in that little coin purse and give me a dime, a nickel, something else, a lot of money. So I had to buy a dime, a 15, nickel, a quarter, maybe a quarter sometime. But they would always, they looked after me, and they, you know, they really uh, hooked me out during that time. But I, it was a hard time for me. Very hard, a little sad life, you know, because my mom gone and she never at home in Chicago and my dad passed away. So I lived a, a, a hard life, a poor life. My mom, we didn't have no, we wasn't rich, we didn't have no, sometimes we didn't have no food to eat. Uh, to, uh, 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 we had to help and get food and all the kind of stuff like that, get food and, and uh, to feed the family. And my mom left. 
my my uh, my dad for my dad's social security. Um, got a check in my sister now on his two of them. We got a, a check in the month back then, seven hundred dollars a month. But my mom left because she didn't take us with her. We still going to school, so she um she after later on the years after I got came came got me me and my sister when I got eighteen. And I asked her why she leave us down there. She said, well, you know, it was so hard down there for us to eat and get food and stuff. And that was our only hope because uh, that, that $79 a month would feed the family and, and uh, you know, take care of it and buy food for you. And uh, uh, that, that would run out the end of the month. So you can go down to the store and take up credit. Credit when that check comes, my grandmother would go pay that, pay that bill for that check. So it was hard for me. Yeah, and I suppose, John, you know, when you look at the times today and, you know, people grumble about hard times and things not being great, I'm sure you have a smile to yourself and you say you don't, you haven't a clue what hard times were. You know, you you have lived through it. You're not, you're really, you're a living example of the blues because you've, you've, you've lived the life, you know, that's written about in the songs. You've done it. And you become hugely successful and respected in the world of blues. I mean, I know you've played, you know, with 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 Muddy Waters, and you you played with Buddy Gay, and and a whole lot of other people that we would we be all evening here, you know, uh, talking about them. But I suppose having lived that type of life, John, it must be in a positive way gives you a great reservoir for writing songs and lyrics and music because of the life that you've lived. Right, that's right. Uh, I write them according to the life I live, you know. So I came out so on it all my songs. You can tell what I'm writing about all the time. Because uh, uh, during the pandemic, I, I sit down and I wrote a, lot of, a song called, uh, I, I did a CD and uh, called Hard Time. And it, 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 it's, um, it was just, that's the way I wrote that song was back then, because they remind me of when I was growing up as a kid, those two, three years, and, and that pandemic was hard for everyone, not just musicians, but for everyone in the whole wide world. So that, that put a score on, so that made me think about it. I'm just gonna write a song, and I'm gonna call it a CD, and I'm gonna call it a Hard Time. Yeah. So, so in many ways, John, you know, the pandemic kind of triggered your memories of growing up and the tough times and realising that the, the pandemic, to a large extent, had brought hard times back to people. So you kind of felt, well, maybe now's the time to actually write about it. So in a way, it, it, and now that album <clears throat> is up for all sorts of awards and, and things, and it is a fantastic album. I've been listening to it. You know, it's you, you're a fantastic musician. Your lyrics are are exceptional. But then again, when I speak to you now, I realize why it's so good because this is a life you've lived, and and songs, a lot of songs written by artists like yourself, there's a personal connection. There's some something has happened that has helped create the song, uh, and I guess that's the case in your case, John. Doing those uh, really hard times, which the music video 
the Elsa Club on Austin called the Blues, and, and uh, so I made all the videos. They're all the Blues Club in Chicago. So we try to say the blues, uh, and I hope we can reopen that blues because it's good put a hood on a lot of musicians in Chicago. And we still having a hard time with clubs because most all the clubs are closed. So you watch the video on the YouTube, and it'll show you what I'm doing. So that's that's based on the hard time CD. Yeah. So, so John, would would you sort of say that the actual live scene in the states, as regards blues, that it's is it struggling a wee bit, or you know, I thought maybe when the pandemic was over and that people could see live performances again, that that might give live music a bit of a boost. But has that not happened? Nope. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, um, since the pandemic and all that hard time. Uh, I think uh, more people are working a little bit more than they were. A little bit. That's put a boost on 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 on, on the music, on the of the blues, and cause a lot of lot of musicians now are working more than they they ever worked. And a lot of new musicians is, is working now when they couldn't hardly work, but now they all are working. Like I said, uh, it made to make us feel good, and um, so uh, so the, uh, I think you know hard time. It's uh, really going. Uh, I hope I can win something on it, you know, because I'm I'm, I'm, I'm up for three awards: the best music award for album of the year, hard time, traditional album of the year, hard time, traditional male blues artist of the year. So hey, go to you know you can vote a blues, you no know, a blues award or arc. Blues Foundation, so you can uh, vote for me and uh, try to win. Everyone can vote for me, and I'm trying to win something for the CD. It should win something. I hope so. I, I was shooting for for the Grammy nomination, but I don't think that's going to happen. So. Well, I tell you one thing: if anyone ever deserved to to win a string of awards, it's you, John, because. You've given so much to music. I mean, I've been a fan and been listening to your stuff. And, and I mean, now when I hear your actual story, I'm even more impressed by what you've done. And I think you have another album coming out later on in the year, haven't you, John? Oh, yeah. It'll be out on February 24th. Uh, it's a tribute to the uh, guy I worked with for 13 years. And uh, all the songs that I'm, I'm singing, all the songs, and it was Mad to Slim and the Chill Drop. And um, so, you know, you can pre-order that CD now, but it won't be out until the 24th of February, uh, johnfarmerblues.com, you know. So uh, release date is the February 24th, tripping to Matt Slim, celebrating his, for his, uh, he's he been, he been gone for 10 years now, and this is 10-year anniversary CD, so it's a great CD. And I'm um, singing all the songs that we played with him with the teardrop. Got all the kids dropped together, and uh, also Magic Slim Young Son, Sean Hope, uh, is, is playing on there too. But we got all, most of all the tear drops playing on there. Yeah. It's a place I love 
And tell me something, John. Like I, I realize that you've played with the greats and blues, and and you're you're a great yourself. But of the people you've played with, is there any special memories or or things that stay in your mind from from playing with them? Or is there any particular events that maybe you'd like to share that were maybe that could have been funny or just memorable in your time? Yeah, 
I knew when I was playing with Muddy, you know, Muddy always wanted us to be in the dressing room. We had our own dressing room, but he, he always wanted everyone to be in that set around and talk and do little funny things and say funny things and uh, make you laugh. And uh, uh, we had a, a, a drummer that played with him called Ray Allison. He passed away young, young age. And Muddy was like one, he was one of Muddy's favorite drummer guy. You know, he, uh, he um he always was sitting around and uh I uh, our drummer he was he didn't want to, never like to spend money and stuff and he cheap he kept his money in his in his sock so mother would look all this and wink his eye and and all of a sudden he had a rich speech for for that sock to try to get that money out of his leg and you know everybody just laughed it was so funny mother just messed with him all the time and he called him his snake doctor. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and tell me something, is there any particular person that you played with musically? I know Muddy, I'm sure he was an amazing yeah. man to play, but was there anyone, and maybe it was him, but was there anybody that sticks out in your mind that really was really special to, to share the stage with? Magic Slim. Okay. Magic Slim and the Tear I played with him 13 years, a side man, but he always let me play. Three or four songs before he come up, he always uh, he always gave me a lot of solos. But I really enjoyed what Muddy was the same. He let us play, and uh, but Matt Slim, he was one of the greatest uh, blues legends that ever lived and played. You know that that I know, and um, so he was uh he was uh, he was the one of the guys that all the thirteen years I worked with him, I never he never. Uh, Got angry at me. If he did, I didn't know it. He never talked to me about anything. He'd tell me what the, how to play or what. All he tell we gonna stay. Oh, oh y'all, y'all boys sound so good. <laughs> See, I, I don't know what to do. We're coming up here now, but y'all boys sound so good. But he go look at all of us and say, oh, 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 let's let let's bust it. And man, he come up there and just wrap us out. <laughs> yeah, he come up there and wrap us out. I try to challenge him one time, you know, not challenge, but, you know, play with him and try to play some. Man, uh, I should have never did that because he, he just, he just, he just come in and walk me out. I said, I never tried it again. <laughs> with Matt Slim, man, he was a great guy to work with, man. And uh, so all the guys was in the band, too, was um, before what before, before it was me, John Fryman, and Nick Hope, Matt Slim, brother. And uh, a drummer passed away, played with him for years, Nate Applewhite. Earl, Earl Howard came after Nate Applewhite. Then uh, the bass player after Nick, Danny O'Connor, and the other bass. And my drummer that plays with me now, he played with Matt Snell, Lenny Median, and, uh, and Sean Hope was a special guest on that CD. So we had all the teardrops, yeah. Yeah, all the teardrops on there, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's another question I love to ask you because you've seen, you know, so much of life. But, you know, now you're talking with social media and, you know, you can check out on johnprimer.com and all of that. How, how do you how do you think um, has uh, has social media, the Internet, all of it, has it helped music? Is it? Is it something that has been an asset uh, or were there better times 
in previous years or 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 are there something around the same just a different era but just wondering what you think about social media or, or do you like the effect that it has had on music I like it uh, I like social media and all this stuff um, um, I think it, it's it's hope music is a lot a whole lot uh, uh, but uh, you know uh, all this technology and stuff now the phones and everything you know it's kind of put a hood on CDs you know uh, a lot of people just when they did all that a lot of people got rid of their CD player and now they don't make no more CD players and cars and things you know so everybody got an old old uh, car with CDs in there they buy them, but kind of put a hood on CDs stuff like that so, yeah, uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah but I, I tell them don't throw your CD buy the CD the CD is not it's not a, a plan to CD but when you buy a CD you can uh you get the autograph. That's what you're paying for the autograph CDs. You know, and one day it'll be worth something. Yeah. I think you're right, John. I think a lot of people, even if they can play it, you know, whether it's Spotify or streaming, if they're at a gig and particularly someone like yourself, a CD is a souvenir of the night. It's a memento. And as, as yeah. you said, if you sign it, it's a keepsake. So this, I would say probably a lot of, of artists sell CDs at their gigs simply for that reason that the fan wants to take something home that's tangible or something that they have that's physical from the evening. So I, I still think there's still a place for it there and getting it autographed, of course, makes it very special. Yes, make it special. And now, you know, most time now, everyone, they're looking for violence, you know. So on the Hard Time CD, I, I, I got violence for sale, but now you can buy it online. Go to my store, johnprimatblues.com, and order finals of CDs, T-shirts, caps, all kind of stuff like that. You know, I'm trying to make a living. It's hard time. still hard time for me. <laughs> yeah, and listen, can, can, can people order that from anywhere in the world? Is it war? Can people from Ireland or England or Europe order your stuff, John, and get it delivered? Yeah, they can order from anywhere. I, 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 Anyway, all over all 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 the world, you can you can order my CDs and finalists and stuff. Just go to my website, johnfarmerblues.com. I got a store on there. See that that store. sounds that sounds great. And tell me, have you have you played in Europe in the past, John, or have you any plans maybe to come this way in the future? Uh, yeah. Well, I was just I just left England, and uh, everywhere we went was sold out crowd. And was young and up, young people and old, older people. So I think a lot of people uh, is coming out when you go to Europe. They comes out a lot to check out the music, the blues, the music. Yeah, so it's a good, good thing. So I've I've been over twice since the pandemic. So looking forward to coming back again to the UK. <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe when you're there, you come across and visit us over here in Ireland as well. We'd love to see you. Yeah, I'd love to go to Ireland. You have to check it out, Wales and all the places I've been there before. And I got fans over there. They knew a lot of people came out when I worked over there. This past the one hundred club, and but I was so sad by Station Tablet. You know, but it's not. It I think the guy sold it, so I don't know if it exists anymore. But uh, I had a pleasure playing at at uh, one hundred club. Yeah, yeah, it's real nice there. Yeah. Well. And, uh, you know, John, it's, it's 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 been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and to hear firsthand 
someone that really has lived the life, you know, really has, and and yet, you know, there's a warmth, there's 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 a there's a there's a kindness, there's there's something really. You have a beautiful soul. You're a very humble man. You're a very talented musician that has brought so much joy to so many people. And it's certainly my honour to speak with you here on the show. And I, I wish you all the best with the album Hard Times. I'm sure it's going to win some of them nominations. If not them all, you're certainly going to get some of them. And um, it's it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, John. You too, Gary. And uh, I hope we, we can do it again. And uh, I've been pleasured. And I just want people to keep on loving the blues. And... Uh, you got my support. I love everyone, and I, I'm a real respectful man. I respect everyone because I, uh, if uh, I, I do unto people what people, you know, people don't do nothing to me. But I, you know, I don't, I, I don't take none, nothing. Uh, I take it all serious what what they say, but I don't hold it against nobody. Uh, I'm just trying to trying to make a living, trying to keep the blues alive for the for the. This generation, the next generation, oh, my, my music will carry this traditional blues on forever. Because uh, not many of them around anymore playing it. And uh, so you have to uh, have to keep the traditional blues going for the generation on and on and on and on. You know? And I think, I hope, and I, I really appreciate that doing it, you know, doing that, yeah. Well, you, you sure are, and as I say, you have many fans over here, and certainly, hopefully, next time around when you come back to Europe, we may chat beforehand and see can we organise a few Irish dates, because I, I think you will go down a storm here, and uh, certainly look forward to doing something like that. On behalf of myself, on behalf of the producer, Graham Hilling, and indeed everyone here at Radio Home of Rock, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. It's been a privilege and an honour to speak with you, John, because you are one of the living legends of the blues. And uh, as I say, it's my honour to have the opportunity to speak with you here. Uh, thank you, Gavin. Uh, it's an honour here for me to, to talk to you, to, to share my story with you, to you and all the people in the, in the world. So I'm very, very grateful to you, man. I thank you so much. Not at all, mate. Absolute pleasure, John. All right, now you have a blessed day, and everybody in the whole round world be safe. And uh, the, um, my blessing to everyone to be safe and keep on loving the blues. Moonlight at night Yeah 
Sweet cup of tea. 